Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the show. Today we're focusing on the Trump administration's Centers of Excellence IT Modernization Initiative. During the program, we will hear from two agencies that are using the COEs to improve their infrastructure, systems, and services. First, we hear from the Agriculture Department CIO, Gary Washington. Later on, David Chow, the CIO at the Department of Housing and Urban Development, tells us why his agency became the second one to use the COE approach. But first, Gary Washington, the Agriculture CIO. Big announcement just uh, recently about the uh, Centers of Excellence Phase 2 Awards. Let's just start at the beginning. Give me a sense of what the Phase 2 Awards are and the goals and maybe some of the milestones around them. The, the Phase 2 Awards are around implementing the recommendations for Phase 1 uh, of the IT modernization here with the Centers of Excellence. So Phase 1 was really around assessing where we are as a department in all five of the COEs and coming up with target recommendations, a 2B environment, as well as a transition plan and, and, and a cost-benefit analysis and uh, things of that such. So we just went out and GSA awarded to, to vendors on those COEs and over the next 12 to 18 months, we will be implementing uh, modern solutions in those five COEs, Centers of Excellence. All right. Now, we're going to go through on federalnewsradio.com. We're going to go through all five of those COEs in, in a little more detail. But just give me a sense. It's, it's cloud adoption, data analytics, contact center, customer service, and what's the one I'm missing? It's uh, customer experience, cloud adoption, contact centers, uh, digital, analy- uh, digital analytics, and uh, infrastructure. Infrastructure, right. And I know infrastructure and cloud were kind of combined, right? Yes, they were. All right. And then you also awarded a contract for kind of business systems. A business, a business modernization office. Yes, we did. So their, their role in all of this will be able to, we're going to program manage or project manage uh, this whole activity. And there will be a change management portion of this, uh, organizational assessment, and basically ensuring that we stay on track you know, within scope and within budget. We're going to be operating in a different environment here in the future. So the Business Modernization Office is going to be instrumental in making sure that we successfully manage through all facets of change, meaning, you know, the workforce, technology, and processes. That's actually a really helpful explanation of what that office will do. But let me step back as well and ask, 12 to 18 months is not a long time, especially when you're talking about an agency as large as USDA and 100,000 people. So when you look at some of these short-term milestones, because some of the quick wins, as it's called, what are among your first quick wins, if you will? Some of the activities we have already started uh, implementing. So some of the quick wins will be the closure of our data centers. We were slotted to close uh, 39 and uh, we, we've closed 21 of the 39 already. In data analytics, COE, we've rolled out uh, uh, dashboards uh, on our administrative areas uh, across the department. And in this next fiscal year, we're going to be focusing on program data and being able to put uh, program data in dashboards so that executives and managers can make informed decisions on the same data. So those are some of the, the, the very quick wins, and we're hoping that, you know, things such as, as, as Farmers.gov, we will continue to improve on that to make the customer experience better for our farmers uh, out in the field. 
and uh, we have some other mission area or functional areas that we're going to address as well. Let me go back to the data center because one of the things we've heard over the last you know year and a half, two years, of, as you guys have really been changing the way USDA works is the closure of these data centers. Give me a sense maybe of how the COEs are going to help you move from 21 closed to 39 closed. How are you going to get that final 18? We are working together to uh, implement up-to-date processes in terms of coming up with a methodology for closing data centers. And, you know, in addition to that, they're helping us do a better job verbalizing what the benefit from a cost perspective and efficiency perspective is from the closure of these data centers. And, you know, we all know that data center optimization is a part of FATARA. So, you know, we're, we're able to take what they've brought here from a, uh, a management and process perspective, combine that with meeting or exceeding our FATARA goals as well. And we're being able to show the benefits to our business folks in terms of things would be better. You save more money, you'll be more efficient if you did not have this data center, and this is why. So I, I feel really confident about us reading, uh, meeting our uh, data center goals next year. When you look at, for instance, the dashboard, as you said, it's, it's ongoing. So what the COEs in many ways will do is, is kind of add a little more pace, add a little more knowledge base to get that dashboard to move faster. You may have gotten that you know, administrative data already, but to move it even faster into program data, that's where the COEs will make a difference. And I think that's true, and correct me if I'm wrong, across all the COEs. Oh, absolutely. They, the COE activities, this whole framework has accelerated all of our um, activities in each one of those COEs, and it's added more energy uh, and more enthusiasm around actually getting these modern concepts and, and solutions implemented. So absolutely, it's, it's, it's going to be a jump start in each one of the COEs and not just one or two in particular. So I know the awards are just made. You may be dealing with some potential protests. I don't know about it yet, but give me a sense. What's the timeline? When do, when do you foresee the contractors getting going? Are we talking about 30 days from now? Are we talking about less? We're talking about less than 30 days. We, we envision the contractors being on board somewhere between October the 11th and October the 18th. Uh, that's what we envision, and and the contractors have the support has to come in and hit the ground running. Because as you said, uh, we don't have a uh, a lot of time, and it's an aggressive schedule, you know. And we already have defined goals in mind that have been laid out in approach. So you know, and these vendors have been made aware that they have to come in here, and it's going to be an intense uh, pace. Is that different? from what you've maybe experienced in the past at other agencies or even at USDA, where when you've awarded a contract, there's this kind of ramp-up period. Is okay, we got to meet. What's the problem? Let's relook at the problem. How much different is this pace, if you will, this expectation than maybe previous experiences you've had? I, I think this, this, this place makes people focus on, you know, why we're here and just conducting business properly. As you stated, normally – you know, you get 30 days to come in and find out what's going on and all of that. But in this environment, in, the, in this whole adventure with phase one and phase two, it's been really, you know, the, the goalposts have been set and the uh, goal line has been set and you got to meet your marks. And people are really focused on making sure that, you know, we implement these solutions and that they work and they provide value, you know, to our customers and citizens and to the USDA employees. So, you know, I like this. There's not a lot of wiggle room for, uh, you know, 
should I say, you know, you don't have a lot of time to sit down and analyze things forever, you know, and it, it, it makes you really think about what you're doing very quickly and, and, and rolling things out in an expedient manner. Agile, you know, in terms of the customer experience things, I, I think this timeline is good for actually putting the agile methodology through its paces as well because we're supposed to be rolling out functionality in, in very short time frame. So our staff is enjoying this. You know, we get to see the uh, the fruits of our labor very quickly. And uh, I'm excited about these next 18 months. How are you measuring success? Because you're bringing people in, you're going to set them at a quick pace. And, you know, there's a good chance probably some things will not go perfect. But how, how are you going to measure success monthly, weekly, daily? Give me a sense. Well, we, we measure success on a monthly basis. However, we meet weekly and we discuss where we are. We have defined metrics going into this. You know, we know what we want to achieve and we manage towards those goals and those performance metrics. Our leadership is uh, intimately involved from the top down. So um, we already know what we want to look like and where we want to go. Now it's just about, you know, getting here and, and making sure we take the steps to, to realize the, those, uh, those goals. And those meetings, those weekly updates are with the COEs themselves. You have managers, you have USDA staff who obviously is leading these efforts. That's who you're meeting with. And then you also do meet weekly, biweekly, monthly with uh, the Secretary Purdue and Deputy Secretary Szynski? I have a weekly meeting with the COE team, management team here. I, I meet with my Deputy Secretary uh, on a biweekly basis, and uh, we meet with the Secretary once a month. And uh, we meet with the Office of American Innovation. We brief them monthly on, you know, where we are, milestones, what are we implementing, you know, does it bring value that kind of thing. So we have sort of a steering committee. I have my leadership here that I report to, and then we have weekly management teams. And then on a daily basis, we always communicate. So uh, if there are any obstacles or challenges that they need addressed or removed, um, this team is very quick to communicate that to me and vice versa. So uh, you can't even tell that there's um, a USDA team and a GSA team. We're on a, we're on a, all on the same page. We have to take a break. My guest is Gary Washington, the Agriculture Department's CIO. I'm Jason Miller. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm Jason Miller. My guest is Gary Washington, the Agriculture Department's Chief Information Officer. I know phase two is just kicking off, so I'm going to maybe ask you to look back to phase one. Was there an obstacle or a challenge that you said, okay, we're having trouble overcoming it, and let us bring it to the deputy secretary. Let us bring it to the White House Office of American Innovation to, to have them weigh in and help us get past whatever the obstacle is. Does anything come to mind? You know, amazingly, in phase one, we didn't have any of those major challenges. You know, we worked through those things at the um, at the lowest level. The USDA employees and the USDA leadership uh, has been phenomenal, and it's been sort of like an all-hands-on-deck kind of mentality. So, you know, I've been able myself to go out and, and talk to agency heads and sometimes, in some cases, undersecretaries. And if there were any challenges, we've been able to work those through. So, you know, my conversations basically with the deputy secretary, you know, have, have been around, you know, status, uh, what we need to move forward, you know, what he can expect, those kinds of things. There hasn't been any major challenges. Now, I'm not going to say that you know, I foresee that being like that 
throughout the foreseeable future. But uh, to the extent that we can, we, we, we tackle challenges, you know, at, at the appropriate level. Now, I know, Gary, there's things you know, and there's things you don't know. (laughs) So I can't ask you what you don't know, but I can ask you what you foresee going forward as some of the biggest challenges. You talked about change management. You talked about culture change. And, of course, there's always the technology. We always talk say it's never the technology, but sometimes it is the technology. So do you get a sense of what, as you look at these five COEs across the five, where do you say, okay, our biggest challenge is what that I do know that I'm going to have to overcome? The biggest challenge that I may, but I foresee maybe is of moving what we would like to move to the to the cloud, uh, and and that's really is really not a a challenge in terms of wanting to move. It's, it's preparing to move in this time frame. Um, we right now have identified app systems and applications that that we are going to move, and we've partnered with our business folks on that. Uh, but above and beyond that, you know, we, we really have to be in lockstep in terms of, you know, any, any larger migrations, so to speak, because as you know, there's a capacity part of this too. I don't see cloud being a problem. Um, I'm excited about it. We have a plan moving forward. We've already got identified systems that are moving, but, you know, We've been successful, and now we have an agency that wants to move a lot more to the cloud as well. So we're going to have to figure out how to accommodate that. Roughly, do you remember how many systems or applications are are cloud-ready versus how many would need some work to become cloud-ready? Well, I I think 40% of of our portfolio is cloud-ready right now. And the other 60%, we are working with the agencies to either, A, prepare them for the cloud or maybe – we don't need those applications, or they're duplicative of something else. So there's a strategy for maybe moving that functionality to the cloud, but not making it duplicative. So uh, we did a, a application rationalization across the department, and uh, I think we pretty much know where we are in each one of those categories, and we're really excited about moving out. The other piece of the, the when we talk about cloud, obviously, is there's a security side, there's a data side. And sometimes those two are, are, are hard to bring together. Is that part of the COE effort to say, okay, how do we find that right balance between data and security and, and accessibility? Well, the COE, well, they, they've, they've partnered with us on that. Our cybersecurity team has been intimately involved. You know, they've been instrumental in helping us with, you know, how do you ATO uh, applications in the cloud? We've done a BPI on our ATO process and significantly reduce the time to get an ATO for something that's migrating. So it's really been, it's really been a partnership, so to speak, and they've introduced, you know, some alternative approaches to, uh, you know, how you secure things in the cloud. So uh, it, it's just been a team effort. And that, that actually is a great segue because, so GSA has been a big partner throughout this. We know GSA's. uh using through their 18F and their technology transformation service is really helping you guys. And the Federal Acquisition Service helped with the acquisition side. Where does GSA fit into the continued discussion? How many folks are from GSA are part of the COEs? And give me a sense of their role. The the team that we came, that they came with is going to remain with us in the phase two. Uh, they have provided expertise 
in each center of excellence. In, in, in a lot of cases, there there may there's one lead for each center of excellence, and then there's a business, there's a uh, project management team and a leadership team that's here. Uh, they are supported by the uh, vendors that will be showing up. So I would I would say there's. Uh, maybe approximately 12, 13 uh, GSA folks that are here that are, are really are experts in their field across the federal government, and they've provided real value. And then from your perspective, I know we've talked about this in the past, but let's maybe put a finer point on it. At one point, you had recruited uh, something, I think, close to 30 people from across USDA to be part of the COEs, and they bring that business side, they bring that the mission side to that discussion it, that obviously they're still going to remain there because the mission business side remains important, but maybe talk about their influence of the process. How have they helped ensure that, that the data analytics or customer experience or, or whatever is going down the right path? What we did, we did a talent contest and uh, we, we picked seven people from each mission area and they're on a detail to GSA to work on this project for two years. So, they provide uh, uh, information, uh, expertise from the agencies and the mission areas, and insight into those mission areas, so that you know we can effectively, effectively conduct those assessments uh, and roll out these solutions. Uh, they themselves are learning from GSA in terms of the most modern practices in their COEs. Uh, we've we've embedded them in these teams, so they they they've been phenomenal. Our chief, our assistant chief information officers from each one of the mission areas, one of them owns a COE, so to speak. So they're like a stakeholder in these COEs as well. So they have a role as well. So, and we, we in, the, in, the, in the business program offices have been really great in terms of partnership and working together. Gary, when we go forward now, as, as, as we talked about the different challenges you may face, we also talked about the opportunities. If we have this conversation again, and I know we'll talk before then, but in 18 months from now, in two years from now, what is that 2B view of USDA, its technology and infrastructure going to look like? What is the hope at the end of this initial phase two, 12 to 18 month effort? What we want to ultimately realize is that that digitized environment, you know, having a fact-based, uh, data-driven environment and an infrastructure that supports that, um, like uh, self-service opportunities. Say if a farmer wants to apply for a farm loan, it'll be a great digital experience for the farmer. We'll have those same experiences for the forester, rancher, or scientist. We'll have a modern infrastructure where uh, agencies will have an option to go to commercial cloud or to go to uh, one of our two remaining data centers. We'll have robotic process automation implemented and artificial intelligence in, in various uh, situations across USDA as well. And so we, we, we are very excited about where we're going, especially using data to make strategic decisions and make informed decisions on accurate data. We're already there with the uh, with the dashboards for the administrative areas, but by then we will have mission area data on dashboards and, and people can, can make informed decisions and make strategic decisions on this dashboard information. Gary, you've been in government long enough. You and I have seen all the different quote-unquote modernization efforts, the e-government initiatives, right, the lines of business initiatives, right. the, the all the different attempts. What 
do you think makes this different? And I'm going to preface this with, I know leadership is important. I know communication is important. I know the White House is important. But I, I want you to maybe take me to even a level down below that. Why will you be successful this time versus all the previous attempts, whether you, uh, you as the CIO at USDA or anybody uh, at any agency, why that they've struggled before? There's an extraordinary amount of uh, support and commitment. And I think the employees see that, and I, and I, the the team here at GSA sees that, and the team from USA sees that. You know, I, I think uh, probably in the past we've talked a lot about modernization, but this is actually there's a commitment, uh, very strong commitment being made to actually implement modernization, whether it be you know the technologies themselves or. Uh, whether it be policy, funding, those kinds of things. Uh, the relationship between GSA and OMB has, has been uh, phenomenal for USDA. And, you know, at every level, you can see, actually see that there's a team effort to make this successful. And finally, this has just been a tremendous conversation. I really appreciate the time. Do you get a sense that Success also, or failure, if you will, is not an option. Do you get a sense that, as, as you've heard Deputy Director for Management, Margaret Wicker, talk, we know what the problem is. We've, we've, stu- we've all studied the problem enough, and we just now need to go from agreeing that there's a problem to figuring out what the solution is and implementing that solution. Is that the other big difference is, is this, there's no new study to figure out what the problem is? Yeah, I mean, and I absolutely agree with that. I mean, we, we, we've talked around this. I don't think anybody would disagree about the problem. You know, it, it, like she said, it's actually finding a solution to the problem and implementing the solution. And I, and I think that's where we are. We're, we're implementing the solution. I mean, this is modernization on a, a massive scale. And um, it's challenging. It's hard, you know, but, it, but it's fun. And uh, I, I think uh, we as a government will benefit from this. The best thing you said is it's fun. And I think that's yes. the key. Keep it fun. Uh, Gary, yeah. <laughs> Gary Washington is the Agriculture Department's uh, Chief Information Officer. Gary, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Jason, for your time. We have to take a break. In the next part of the show, I talked to David Chow, the CIO of the Department of Housing and Urban Development. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm Jason Miller. My guest is David Chow, the Chief Information Officer of the Department of Housing and Urban Development. As we know, you're a new CIO to HUD, and, and you jump into the pool, and, and you don't go toe deep. You go knee deep, both with TMF funding and, of course, being the second uh, centers of excellence agency. So maybe let's just start there with COE. What made you guys jump into this pool knee deep and, and, and you know shoulder deep and talk maybe a little bit about what the COE means for HUD? Sure. Thanks for having me. When I Before I came in here, uh, going through the discussion with the senior team here, um, I, I found out that there are some some uh, IT situation that's going on. It's very similar to uh, situations across the government that uh, we spend money. First of all, we spend funding within the IT investment, but we're not necessarily seeing the results, and that's very that's very common in the government. And second, uh, there is not really a true trajectory in terms of the time frame that the roadmap that we're looking to lay out to make sure that we're able to deploy the capability to meet the business goals, business needs. So 
the reason that we're jumping into the COE is that it's actually a great opportunity to make sure that we're engaging the business using the GSA uh, proven method methodology to go through the assessment, but then really having the business to be leading the initial effort, this phase one of the COE effort, to look at some of the business processes that could be potentially convoluted, creating difficulties for the for the public facing citizens to use, and also internally that it's not really providing the, the necessary benefit for the internal environment uh, from the IT standpoint. So the phase one of the initiative is really just to having the business to look at the overall process from the business aspect and what do we need to improve upon our business processes and then translate that into requirements, the IT requirements, or in phase two that we're looking to build out the, the necessary capability, the infrastructure, to make sure that we're meeting the business goals. So that's much different than a lot of typical IT projects. Uh, the typical IT projects that you have the CIO, you have the IT project manager dictating the overall solution. But in this situation, we're going back to the basics that we want to make sure that the business has a strong voice and we're actually partnering with the business. And having the dedicated resources, having the GSA to provide us support and making sure that we're able to move forward with, a, with much more transparency in the way of managing this overall project. Well, that will basically leapfrog HUD to become more of a user-friendly, uh, citizen-friendly, but also at the same time that we're able to leverage um, the new capabilities for the future. So a couple of things to back up there. Uh, first off, I know over the years I followed HUD and their modernization efforts. I'm familiar with HUD hits, I'm familiar with HUD heat, and I'm familiar with the, uh, the several other initiatives. I know uh, your predecessor, when he first came in, he was looking at some modernization efforts. So is was what you've seen over the years, is, is, and the reason why maybe the COE's made sense now, is you've made some, some progress, but not enough progress, and there's just too much legacy, too much challenges, that, and that's why the COE's you need maybe to turn this on the head a little bit and, and as you said, take a business perspective instead of maybe the uh, CIO or, or project manager's perspective? Yeah. So for one, uh, there has been lack of consistency at the, at the OCIO leadership level. I mean, this is, I think this is public news that you can actually look online and see that there has been changes, constant changes at the, the CIO leadership level. So each CIO comes in, has a vision, and that vision does not uh, fully translate to a long-term roadmap. So that has been consistently an issue within, within the organization. And what the COE does a little differently here is that we're actually having the business to be leading the overall effort. So, you know, let's say, you know, one day that if I'm not here, there's still the roadmap that we're, de we're actually developing, the foundation that we're building in place. And in a way that they can actually, the CIO is actually interchangeable because once they have the roadmap, they can have other people to help execute the, the overall solution. So in a way that this is part of the reason that we're taking this initi initiative a little differently. And the second reason, which I mentioned earlier, that there has been somewhat of a lack of transparency within the, the project development, within the project resource assignment, as well as the project development. So we want to make sure that we're partnering with our, our business stakeholders and we're being transparent throughout the process that they're dictating the overall outcome objectives of what they're looking for, but also at the same time that 
we're helping, we're providing the full necessary support from the IT sense to work together to get to the final goals. So as I read through the press release that GSA and HUD put out and they talked about the COEs, there's a two phase, you, you went through them briefly. The first phase is really to, to begin a comprehensive assessment of IT needs and challenges. How's that process gonna work? Where are you guys gonna start? And how's GSA helping you kind of develop that initial phase one objectives? One of the COEs that we will be focusing on, um, for example, is the the overall life cycle of the grant process. So our agency provides grant to grantees to improve housing for disaster recovery for many reasons related to the housing initiative. So, but we have this convoluted way of each office has, has its own grant process. And as, at the same time that there's a number of systems in place and there is not a, a good way of going through the, the managing the grant process through applications, and which is causing confusions to the public, which is also providing unnecessary burden for the public. So with, with the Secretary's One HUD initiative, what we want to do is that we want to bring everybody together to look at the 80% solution from the business process standpoint. So refine our re-engineer our current process, the grant process, through the grant life cycle, to that 80% solution, and for the other 20%, we're looking to configure tailored toward, towards each of the offices and to their needs. And, and ultimately, that we're looking to build a system that can address the overall issue to address a solution that will address the 80% process, but also flexible enough to make sure that we're able to tailor the needs specifically for the, the 20% of the, the configuration solutions. So ultimately, the, we want to leverage artificial intelligence, business intelligence, to make sure that we're focusing on um, the data based on the risks that will be presenting to the agency. And that, in a way, would actually save our examiners time looking at the grant projects from case-to-case basis. Sounds to me like we have uh, grants and then maybe even data analysis as another COE. Are you guys still kind of deciding where the other COEs will be? I mean, do you I know not every agency is going to look like USDA. You're not going to have cloud infrastructure, customer service, but there's going to be some similarities, I imagine. Our COEs are going to be slightly different than what USDA has done. We do have all five COEs, but each of the COEs are focusing on uh, HUD-specific tasks and objectives. So we have the COE that one of the COE is focusing on the business process. It's really the customer experience for the the life cycle of the grant. And the, the other COE associated with that is the systems. So as part of the cloud adoption, that we're looking at leveraging capability, IT systems, how do we make sure that we're able to fit our IT systems into the needs of the re-engineer process for the grant life cycle. And then subsequently, there is also there's a tie-in to that, a tie-in COE to the, the two areas. That's where the, the data analytics will come in where we use data to make sure that we're actually looking at decision quality data. We're able to generate decision quality data based on the business intelligence and artificial intelligence capability in place. So there will be five. It's going to be business process. It's going to be cloud adoption, data analytics, and then the grant lifecycle. And then is there one more? The two others, uh, one is actually transformational. The transformational is really looking at how the impact of the executive order 
consolidating the IT resources, consolidating the job series 2210, that's the, the, the IT job series, into the purview of the CIO. So we're also looking to leverage GSA to help us to look at more from the human aspect, the resource, the human resource aspect, and how the executive order will impact OCIO as well as uh, impact in the overall HUD programs because we currently have shadow ITs outside of the, the OCIO environment. The last COE is the contact center, and the contact center is really focusing on the customer experience from the public standpoint when they interact with HUD. So one example is that when people call to get their the status of the grant to get a troubleshooting uh, situation with grant or with other uh, HUD transactions, they'll call different call centers and they'll get perhaps different responses and perhaps that there is not really a uniform way of presenting information consistently. So we want to look into how that interaction goes and how we can improve the overall agency as one HUD and making sure that uh, the, the customer, public-facing customers, they're able to have the uniform experience as well as the quality experience. So the question that comes, of course, is timing, right? Phase one will last roughly how long? I know under USDA, just as a comparison, they were pretty quick on the turnarounds. Do you have a very similar timeline where you were, you know, six months to a year for phase one and phase two to get get phase two going? So for phase one, we're looking to start right away. Interagency agreement has been signed. We're actually having GSA to start on Monday, this coming Monday. And the the overall duration for phase one will be six to eight months. We're hoping to complete by March 31st of next year. And soon after, there's going to come, come the phase two. And phase two will take about 18 months to complete. And the intent is to leverage the phase two as the execution phase for the overall IT modernization. So phase one is focusing on business processes, focusing on the business requirements gathered. And phase two, that's where IT truly step in and will actually start developing and deliver the, the overall solutions. And I'll try to get uh, let you get ahead of the questions that you're going to get. Uh, invariably, uh, contractors, are they going to be involved? Or will you be looking for contractor help for phase one? Or is that going to be more of a phase two? Or you're not sure yet? So phase one is, is, is a partnership with GSA. GSA is actually handle all the mechanisms. So they're actually bringing people in. Phase two, if we were to decide to go with GSA with phase two, then naturally the GSA will handle the, the contractors that's involved in the process. So GSA will handle the, the overall acquisition situation. David, it's good that you gave vendors a little bit of heads up of the planning. Maybe they should have to go look at GSA or talk to GSA about, about for future. But in the short term, do you guys have plans to reach out to vendors? Do you have plans to uh, see what kind of capabilities are actually out there? We do. Uh, we have an office of small and disadvantaged business utilization, and that office primarily handles the vendor management portion uh, and also obviously encouraging the small business. We're planning on having an IT industry day pretty soon. We're shooting for, uh, for the last quarter of this year. So that would be a, an opportunity for me to obviously talk about my vision the overall roadmap, but also for the vendors to come in and understand, you know, what what the what the future for for um, for HUD is going to be, for, at least from the IT standpoint. 
All right. I'm sure people can find more information about that on, on your website. Yes. Excellent. We have to take a break. My guest is David Chow, the CIO at the Department of Housing and Urban Development. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm Jason Miller. My guest is David Chow, the Chief Information Officer of the Department of Housing and Urban Development. David, the, the other piece of this is TMF. You guys were one of the awardees under TMF. You're the first round of, of funding uh, for a big infrastructure modernization effort. Where does that fit into this bigger COE initiative? I know you weren't there at HUD when, when the awards, uh, when the business case was developed and probably when the awards were made, but now they, as you walk in, that, that gets put on your plate as well. So TMF is and COE, they're actually together, they're actually part of the financial transformation that HUD has has been going through. Um, we had a new CFO coming in back in er, earlier this year, and part of the idea is to start looking at how we can improve our, our financial profiles. And part of the financial profiles actually involve the systems included in the overall process. So we currently, for the TMF, we currently leverage uh, five mainframe capabilities, uh, and this has been obsolete it's taken quite a bit of money to maintain the environment simply because of the outdated technology and it's, it, the cost for maintaining the legacy application is quite high. So what we're looking to do is we're lo looking to leverage the, the loan um, funding that we receive from OMB on the TMF and really help us to jumpstart to get the mainframe technology replatform and also at the same time that leveraging cloud capabilities to make sure that we're able to transform critical business applications into the cloud environment. So that the overall time frame we're looking at completing this within 24 months, but uh, starting in 2021, we will start realizing cost savings for anywhere from six to eight millions per year. And I know the money was just given to from, from OMB to HUD and the other awardees just recently uh, in the last couple of months. Is there any update you can give us on TMF, or is it still very early in the process? It's still early in the process. Um, I believe that we received the funding last week, and we're going through the process, the acquisition process, uh, and also the planning process to make sure that we're able to identify the right vendors to help us to carry this forward. All right, I know something we'll catch up on when the time is appropriate. Uh, and finally, just going, look, you know, stepping back, you know, outside of COE and stepping outside of TMF and more broadly, all this falls into the, the administration's push for IT modernization. All this falls into the, the broader effort around cybersecurity. From your perspective as a, a new CIO coming in and, and picking up all these plates that are they're going to be spinning around you, What's your biggest challenge? What, what do you think, from your perspective, you see as, as the as the biggest obstacles that you still need to overcome? I mean, g give me a sense based on what you've seen so far in the short time. I think big, the biggest area is really to build a confidence and credibility and show that we can start delivering. Uh, we, I want to make sure that we have transparency with our project management. I want to elevate our project management and project managers. I want to make sure that I welcome people to poke into my, my projects and ask necessary questions. I want to partner with their program offices, the, the program stakeholders, to make sure that they have equal seat at the table. It's not going to be me that's telling 
that's setting out the direction for the overall IT. It's going to be a collective effort working with the program offices to make sure that our IT investment actually aligns to the overall HUD objectives. It's not, it's not something that I, it's not for me to go, go out there and say, this is the technology what we want to use and this is a toy that we want to buy. It's not, it's, not, it's not like that. It should be a collective effort with a program office. Having a, a stake, having a vote um, at the table as well for the overall direction. All right, very good. David Chow is the HUD uh, Chief Information Officer. David, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. That's all the time we have for today. For the program, we focus on the Trump administration's Center of Excellence IT Modernization Initiative. During the program, we heard from two agencies that are using the COEs to improve their infrastructure, systems, and services. In the first part of the show, we heard from the Agriculture Department CIO, Gary Washington. In the second half of the show, we heard from David Chow, the CIO at the Department of Housing and Urban Development, who told us why his agency became the second one to use this approach. I'm Jason Miller, and thanks for listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.